Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to this, the latest episode of the HR Tech Chat video podcast. And we are very excited to have as our guest today, Bob Cahill, who is CEO of Globalization Partners. Welcome, Bob. Thank you, Brent. It's a real pleasure to be with you today. Yeah, absolutely. The, the, the pleasure is all, is all mine. Um, this is going to be a very uh, interesting podcast episode. I think we're going to talk about what Globalization Partners does um, in a, around the employee, employer of record model. Um, and I get into that and technology for it and uh, how you're a pioneer in it and and uh, how it fits in the future of work and expansion for organizations, all these sorts of things. But um, maybe we could start with, um, you know, what is your career path? What led you to Globalization Partners? What what are the origins of Globalization Partners? What what is um, what is it that really animates you about this um, about this role that you're in? Uh, great. I'll try to get all those in one fell swoop here. Um... Uh, I'm a born and raised Bostonian, um, and I started my career with Ernst & Young, you know, classic auditor trail sort of CPA path. Um, but one of my early clients was a, was a technology company, and I was fascinated by it, it amongst all of the different industries that I was, you know, working, working with about what the power of software and technology and how it can, you know, to you know, you know, expand your market or make your efficient in your operations. It just, it was fascinating to me. It's like so knew then um, that that's where I wanted to take my career. And, you know, since then, you know, past 25 years or so, I've been, you know, a C-suite executive at a number of, uh, you know, typically Boston-based technology companies, but generally with a big focus on international, um, where I found <laughs> passion that, that I could bring that in technology and, and the ability to, you know, to, to scale technology globally um, was very fascinating to me. So that was sort of the perfect, uh, you, know, you know, juncture with, with meeting Nicole Sahin, the founder of Globalization Partners uh, about four and a half years ago. And she had this really a, a better mousetrap idea mm. around companies that typically for her U.S. companies that wanted to expand internationally would follow a very traditional process of I must set up a new entity and uh, and get a payroll registration and then I can hire people and then compliance needs to be outsourced to all these different advisors and her vision was why do I keep doing this over and over again Um, if you why can we set up one entity in a country and leverage that single point to allow uh, you know, many businesses um, leverage scale technology, uh, you know, um, benefits, payroll, things like that um, as a single point of solution. And so that, that was the kernel of her idea about 10 years ago. And so, um, and I was fascinated by the, the fact that this could happen, um, the, the pain that it would relieve any company that wanted to expand rapidly on a global basis without going through all that rigor by themselves. Yeah, there's- Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but, uh, but, but, but it's super interesting, right? Because there's a lot of, of, of obstacles, real and, and potential, actual and potential uh, to an organization expanding rapidly into a new country. And, uh, and to, this is probably a good segue into uh, helping our, our viewers really understand what an employer of record is. It's, it's a rel- relatively newer concept. I know that. 
Um, and uh, but it's it's just in a nutshell, it's a way for organizations to expand rapidly into new countries uh, where maybe they don't want us. I'll let you do this, but sure, there's heavy lifting here. Yeah, not not at all. Um, yeah, I mean, if you think about companies that do want to expand, and it frequently is technology companies. Um, they found their they found their product market fit. They have there's getting scale in usually the domestic market and want to take that technology, that service, that product to market in another country. And that really wants to be there. They want to focus on going to market. They want to focus on mm -hmm. delivering a great experience to their customers. And the overhead um, that comes with expanding internationally and hiring international employees is significant and it's time consuming and it takes a long time. And it's everything from entity setup to banking to, to employment law, which is a huge one. And it's a very, very different country by country. So how do I hire people compliantly? What benefits do I bring them? What are the compliance issues I need to understand? Um, and then you do that country by country and our most successful customers are doing this across multiple countries and mm -hmm. each individual country is a whole, it's like starting over. Mm -hmm. um, so we've established entities all over the world have established the benefits, the banking, uh, the compliance. And so our customers can simply come in and say, okay, well, you're, I'm ready to go. All I do is just bring on the talent and we take care of everything else all through our, all through our technology stack. So really end to end, they can do this through an automated way. So that, and that gives us high scalability on a global basis. That's really what EOR is. Um, it's employer of record. And the key thing, in the, and the reason that title is used is that we are legally, GP or any employer of record is legally is the employer. So all the liability for employing compliantly is on us. Um, and so, and so while, our customers certainly control the day-to-day -day of what the employee does. From a legal perspective, they, they are employed by the employer of record, hence the name. Mm. Now, I have a question here, like say for instance, the, uh, the paycheck, uh, where does it say it comes from? Does, is it, um, is that? It's a great question. Can it be white, yes. can it be white labeled if it can an EOR be white labeled? If, it, 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 well, it possibly could be, but it would actually defeat the purpose here. I think ultimately it, it, we, their paycheck will say in our case, you know, if a U.S. customer going to the Czech Republic, it'll say, you know, globalization partners, Czech Republic or whatever our legal entity name is. And that, that's a, that's a benefit to it because they really understand who their employer is. And just as important, the government in, in the Czech Republic understands who the employer is. And we work closely with governments around the world and they really love the model because we're doing everything very compliantly. We're paying into the, we're paying all of our social taxes as well as our income taxes in jurisdiction. We're very transparent in what we're doing. And so for, for the government, they love it because we're employing in their country and we're doing so transparently and compliantly. So it's a win for both that local employee and for the government. Mm. Yeah, yeah. How, how does technology factor into this to what extent is globalization partners providing the technology how much does it interface with uh to what extent if any with the uh or with the um the, the, the client company's technology how, how does that all work absolutely so you we we have a saying sort of like it basically is technology when you need it and humans if you if you if you need it or want to need it um you can experience an entire end-to-end -end employee life cycle without ever talking to a human. 
if you wish. We have it, you, you can come in, you can register, you can bring you, there's a whole you know, uh, user interface that allows you to employ the person that you, you choose to employ. We have a recruiting module, you need help doing that. Uh, we bring them on board. Um, we have something, we, we actually, the contract that's generated for that employee is local localized for all local employment laws. So we actually help our, our customers avoid any problems by offering things or saying things based on their knowledge of their local laws versus the laws that are applicable in that country around compliance, benefits, things of that nature, statutory taxes. So that's all done online. Um, and that's all we have you know, 10 years of knowledge that's all built into our NAI engine that helps generate all that. And so you can employ all the contracts are digital and they're ready to go. And so really, uh, and then any managing, you know, commissions or payroll or changes in benefits, either from the professional or from our customer can all be done on the platform. So it's a portal, a bi-directional portal that allows the entire life cycle to be managed. And so essentially the only piece that the customer needs to worry about is that they usually give their professional a, 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 an email address back at the company as opposed to GP so that they can manage the day-to-day. -day. Otherwise that's it. And it goes end to end. So um, so that's, a, that's the, first and foremost, the technology platform allows for that. However, we do have a lot of, uh, you know, we're very strong in that we have open APIs and APIs with a lot of the major HCM companies, the ERP companies, and the, you know, and domestic PEO companies, which allows, you know, the HR department, and I'll give the example of a U.S. company, they may have ADP as their payroll provider or their PEO, but they also have a Czech Republic professional on our platform with the integrations with ADP, they can get a single view of what's going on in their entire workforce. Okay, okay, that's interesting. So help me understand the payroll piece a little bit more. So uh, in your technology stack, Globalization Partners, there is a payroll component? Absolutely, so okay. we're responsible. I mean, it's one of the things that we provide is we're responsible for making payroll every month for their, for their employees. They have no obligation. There are employees. If, if they don't get paid, if, if someone was not to get paid, that's our that's our responsibility. And that's a regardless of whether um, you know whether our customer pays us or not. Um, that's our responsibility, and, and we take that very seriously. And obviously, you know, one hundred percent payroll timeliness and accuracy is extremely important to the professionals, just like it is to you and I, making sure we get paid every week. So uh, that that is part of the offering. It's it's one little piece. Um, it's not the piece that's the real value add, it, it, but, it, but doing so compliantly and timely and make sure that that money is landing in the proper bank accounts or digital wallets is part of the overall offering. Okay. Okay. Very interesting. We have this, uh, this is a slight tangent for a moment here. We have this concept that we talk about here at 360 Insights that HCM is, uh, is concrete and abstract. They're concrete, concrete elements to it and abstract elements. Concrete being, you know, sort of the, the, the calculations or the, um, or the, 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 maybe the administrative work related to, I don't know, performance management or, or for a payroll department in, in processing payroll, that's all concrete. And payroll is probably the most concrete expression of HCM because it's an actual dollar amount that goes into the GL that ho hopefully is right <laughs> at the end of every, um, of uh, every pay period. But it's also the most abstract, abstract HCM being all about employee sentiment, um, all about employer brand and really your, your reputation vis-a-vis uh, -vis how much HCM contributes to that. And so I can't think of anything more abstract than somebody 
you know, feeling as if they're not being paid correctly or, or, you know, that that's going to set off a real employee sentiment, um, um, you know, uh, fire drill for an organization. So it's really interesting. I always love talking about payroll. And, and uh, when, when you mentioned the way you were describing it, it really uh, reminded me of, of, of this. Um, and that's, and that's super interesting. And now I wanted to just get into Again, going back to EOR as being a relatively newer, I mean, it's, it's, let me put it this way. I know that Globalization Partners is, is a pioneer in this field, and maybe you can speak to that. Uh, and Nicole's a vision as the founder and now chair. Um, but I'll just say that it's, it's really crazy to me, or, or it's, it's um, curious to me, let's put it that way, maybe more professional term, curious to me that that EOR was not invented or come up with sooner? That's an interesting question. Um, I agree with you. I, I think there's a few reasons why. One is that, you know, and I would say that we are, we, you know, we, Nicole believes, we believe that we were the first. And so there were a couple yeah. other companies coming around the same time frame. Um, but clearly we've emerged as sort of, you know, uh, an industry leader and have been since, since, since the founding of the company. I think there's a few things. One is that, any disruptive model is going to have some resistance, resistance from the old guard. Um, and in this case, frequently it's like, well, who was doing this before? Well, it was accounting firms, law firms, employment firms, recruiters, uh, you know, consultancies, you know, agencies. That that's who was the that would help made a lot of fees helping set up and expand, you know, helping companies do this. Um, this mouse better mousetrap that the UR you know, model is, is sort of like, well, you do it once. Um, so it's very different. Um, so I think that certainly was one. But I think there's, there's also just the legacy. Well, this is how we've always done it. And getting people to think, wait a second, I've, you know, every, I've, you know, veteran executives said, well, I've done, I've set up an entity in Singapore before. I, I've done this. I've done, here's what you have to do. And then check the box, usually given to them by their accountants or whatever. And so it's like, wait, there's a whole new, easier, better way to do this. And it just, I think just takes time. And we're starting to see that regularly. I certainly think you see lots and lots of new entrants into the category recently. Um, that's some validation that this model is here and here to stay. And certainly what we're seeing now is that, you know, with COVID and other, you know, and just general global expansion um, and, the, and the advent of remote work uh, and, or hybrid models, all of these things sort of lend themselves very much to a model where it's like, well, I can't think about doing things the old way because everybody in one country and all in the office, um, you know, there are some companies where certainly that makes sense. But I think we, we see in survey after survey that most customer, most of our customers and in business in general are not going back to the old model and they need to think differently as they look seeking talent. And once you kind of get past that mental block, then it's, well, if I'm going to you know, my talent is going to be remote at some portion and I have, and there is a war for talent out there. Well, then I have to think differently. And now it's like, well, I can get great talent all over the world. Fantastic. Mm -hmm. But I don't want to do this. Like, I don't want to set up entities all over the world and chase down banking and currency and compliance and benefits. And with a company like Globalization Partners, it's single, it's a single login to do that on a global basis. Yeah. Uh, well, global global mobility for employee global mobility is is a huge thing right now. Um, you mentioned survey, and I wanted to make sure that we touch on this. Um, 
Globalization Partners recently uh, published findings for a, um, I believe published the findings, uh, the fourth annual CFO survey that you guys do. Um, and, and I guess international expansion is on the minds of leading CFOs. Do you have any, um, any uh, color to add to that? Yeah, um, so we've done this four years in a row uh, and there were a number of stats in there. I'm not trying to remember them all off the top of my head, but um, you know, the the percentage of cost of of, uh, of businesses that are um, going remote permanently that are having more of a talent that are um, that are willing to do global expansion that you know as you said that whether it's digital nomads gig workers the model has changed forever and the war for talent continues and now this survey was done you know earlier this year um, and that was. Um, even when COVID was sort of at the end of COVID, but certainly the headwinds that we were, you know, we were beginning to get a sense of headwind, potential headwinds around, you know, the, the COVID hangover um, and, and inflation and, uh, you know, and, and the R word, if there's, if that, if that, depending on how you define it. So the CFOs were concerned about that in this survey. And so despite that, the, the you know, the best companies still want to hire. They're still seeking talent. And, the mindset has dramatically changed for for how you do that, and we and we 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 believe, of course, that we are we are a big part of the solution. Well, you know, it seems to me that with all the um, all the sort of built in or the the innate or in, inherent cost savings that come with going with a with with an EOR when you have these needs, it seems to me that it would really uh, resonate with a CFO. Oh, absolutely. Um, of course, I mean, and, and now I'm a former CFO, so I've kind of been up the trail of how do you balance, uh, you know, cost savings and efficiency. And there's no question that this can be much more cost effective, but it, getting your arms around it and saying, okay, because doing it yourself, it's death by a thousand slices in a way, because you've got, oh, okay, well, I've got a little cost here, a little cost there and aggregating all that and saying, okay, well, there's certainly a fee that comes with using an EOR, mm -hmm. uh, but when you look at all the other costs and, and maybe the biggest cost is time that mm. your finance and HR team and legal teams doing what they have to do to operate compliantly in a country um, versus simply having knowing with great confidence that your EOR um, is taking care of all that covering all your risk. Um, it makes it very worthwhile. Would you say that, um, that, um, that folks that are, are coming to you, um, you know, we have, is that, is that how, uh, not to get too much into how the sausage is made here, but, yeah. but right. And you have a, a lot of organizations, they need to expand and they, they look, gosh, how do I do this? Right. Oh, the, here's this EOR. Um, when we look into this. Absolutely. Um, you know, I, I do think that even though we've been around for a while now, um, I think the, in many ways, the industry is still somewhat nascent in that the, 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 the the general knowledge of EOR and the model and, and what it can do is still, uh, you know, is still new to many of our customers. Frequently, our customers are still first-time users of an EOR model, so there is a bit of education still. But we're seeing more and more that companies starting to understand the benefits of this this model, uh, and so they are coming. And and I think we're starting to see. I don't know if we're at that full tipping point yet, where this is just a known, uh, you know, a known mm -hmm. model. But we're getting there. We're rapidly getting there, and. Um, and which is great for us and for the whole industry because there's so much opportunity for companies. And what's interesting is that we certainly started as a U.S. company helping U.S. customers expand internationally. Mm -hmm. But today we can help any we can help a company in any country go anywhere in the world. And so we do the inbound 
you know, customers in Europe and Asia asking for our help and employing people in the U.S. So it's kind of come full circle. That's really interesting. And and I just want to just um, underscore a point that came up a little bit earlier around, you know, what we're learning about the future of work vis-a-vis EORs and this sort of thing. And it's very interesting, right? So um, pre-COVID maybe, um, but when EOR had still established itself, right? And there was a lot of it was driven by organizations own sort of um, uh, designs to expand into other territories, right? And so that, that was what was, I would, I'm going to guess that that was the main driver back then. And it's still a driver, but now, now it's, it's not necessarily expanding into a new territory because you need a, a, to have a physical presence in that for those workers to do whatever they're doing um, in uh, customer facing in those territories, but simply in order to find the best talent. You know, Brent is exactly right. We've definitely seen a dramatic shift towards that. Uh, because it, and you know we've actually used saying one of the great things we feel very good about this is that we're we're bringing opportunity to the talent and we're helping do that. Yeah. Great for you know it, it, and there are there is fantastic talent everywhere, but access to it is tricky. Uh, but with a company like Globalization Partners, where we have entities all around the world, we have we can we can easily give our customers access to that talent. And you're right, it's no longer just, hey, I need to hire in the UK because I'm going to market in the UK. It's, I need to hire great software engineers and can we do that in Estonia? Or can yeah. we, or in Latin America where you know all this talent exists and it's not the first thing to think of if you're sitting in Boston or Austin or San Francisco looking for some technology talent. Uh, so it's it, it really is about the war for talent and, and about breaking down global borders um, but it is very much no longer just to go to market. It certainly is a, uh, it's just where can I find world-class talent? Well, you know, yeah. And, and the other thing is that it's, maybe this is a good segue into, you know, what the, what the future of EOR is like, what, what's, where's the, um, where's the, um, I always, I always use this term incorrectly, the blue sky, <laughs> but I still think it sounds great. You know, it's just, where, where are the new, where are the uh, future opportunities in EOR? Let me just share with you one, one thought I had right off the bat. Um, I could see an EOR um, cultivating talent pools in various regions and, and maybe helping to facilitate that war for talent with its existing and uh, prospective client base? No doubt that's uh, part of our overall roadmap. Um, okay. you know, we, we've launched something called GP Recruit, which is the first step towards some of those things, which is it's not only about employing the talent compliantly, but it's also finding that talent, sourcing that talent. So GP Recruit is a module on our platform that allows, um, in this case, to allow our customers to have access to a broad network of recruiters to help mm -hmm. them find that talent. But you can certainly envision a day where, you know, an EOR at scale has an incredible amount of talent pool in their database, and that could be certainly helpful to our, uh, to our customers. There's a lot, to, I think the market is evolving very quickly. And I think if you think about, um, you know, what the definition of a worker is, what does that mean? <laughs> where you're seeing the most dramatic change um, and where I think you, we believe we'll see a lot of innovation. So you think about, the remote worker, the digital nomad, uh, you know, the uh, people that don't want to necessarily be an employee in the traditional sense, they're, con they're contractor-like, um, mm -hmm. the gig workers. 
they think and act differently. They want to work where they want to work. Um, they want to be paid the way they want to be paid. So I think there's going to be massive innovation around tech. Um, there's going to be massive innovation around the definition of work and where are my benefits and how portable are they? Uh, where, where are we, and certainly for us, where are those taxes being collected and paid? Uh, you know, with, with breaking down of borders, you know, uh, companies like us and, and our customers, we move very quickly. Governments are slower to move, especially when it's touching potentially their, you know, their tax dollars. Mm -hmm. um, we, we're, we're working already trying to think that through because as I mentioned at the earlier, um, we work very well with the government. So we want to work collectively with them to say, okay, you know, we having lots of people employed in your country is important. It's good for your economy. It's good for, so, for social reasons, but they need to collect tax dollars and make sure that those individuals have benefits and the benefits in the right place. And that those things are all portable within jurisdictions. And so there's going to be a lot of innovation. Uh, there'll be some government involvement, certainly as we work through this, but it's moving so quickly and when you think about the war for talent, what that also means is that that power is in the hands of those professionals. So what they, you know, the best people are going to ask for these things. And we, and we have a number of solutions in our current pipeline to help, uh, to help facilitate all of that with all on a, on a base of technology. Yeah. Yeah. It's really exciting, you know, really helping to facilitate the, the gig economy. Uh, the the uh, the global gig economy. <laughs> um, it, you mentioned you know workers and maybe there's another term for it. I I've wrestled with the same concept. I I thought contributors maybe maybe it's contributors. Who knows? Um, there's probably a better word out there. <laughs> I haven't thought of it yet. But <laughs> I, it's super interesting stuff. And yeah, I it's 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 um. It's encouraging to hear that 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 your company is is thinking about uh, sort of the 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 outer, the um, you know what are the um, what are, what are the, what's the potential around around uh, EOR you know beyond its its origins and what it first came into existence to help solve. Um, this has been just incredibly interesting conversation. Um, is is there anything else you'd like to share with our with our viewers? Um, you know, I think as you think about the future and you're kind of looking forward, um, as we said, the definition of a worker, and then it may very well need to be a new term, ultimately, uh, the gig, there's so many things to describe it, but it, it, it is evolving very, very quickly. Um, and, you know, do we need a compliant night? You know, and with any industry that, and I, and I've been through a couple cycles, whether it was, you know, sort of the dot-com bubble and things like that, they're ultimately, uh, you know, we think about a lot of new entrants and VC-backed companies and how, 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 what, what does our competitive landscape look like, but not so much just from that, because, you know, competition can be a very good thing. It keeps you sharp. And, um, and there's, this isn't a, this isn't a winner take all sort of, you know, business model, but um, you know, the compliance piece is very, very important. Yeah. Um, these are people, you know, at the end of the day, the people on the other end of this finance model are our humans, you know, that are working to, you know, to pay their rent. And, and um, so it's an incredible opportunity to bring that, but, you know, it's also incredibly important uh, that the players in this industry facilitating that, you know, maintain a high level of transparency, transparency and compliance um, because it's evolving very, very quickly. And, you know, and, and there's a lot of key stakeholders here, whether it's the big HCM players, it's our customers who are big companies globally around the world that want to be, you know, have reputation to worry about and want to find, retain the best talent. 
And so, you know, really do we be being a, yeah, be an EOR in this environment, it's critically important that, you know, compliance is all first and foremost and mm-hmm. taking care of all your stakeholders. Um, this isn't that you, you, this will, a fly by night organization is going to collapse very, very quickly here. So we're very proud of, uh, you know, our, our, our legacy and we've been doing it for 10 years and our incredibly high employee, you know, our customer satisfaction ratings and our own employee ratings. So um, it's very exciting. And I will say in closing that, you know, we're drinking our own champagne. Um, we made the decision very early on that we were going to be a remote first, um, you know, company. And mm-hmm. so we, we're hiring our own employees all around the globe, wherever the best talent are, it are sits. And um, we don't require them to come into the office uh, ever. Matter of fact, we've kind of dropped the term office. We, we, we mm-hmm. don't really have offices. We have collaborative hubs where people can get together you know, to collaborate, to, to share ideas and to have, you know, some, you know, human contact. Um, yeah. But we give them a lot of ability to be mobile, uh, to work where they need to work and, and we can hire them anywhere in the world, which is really the power here. And as I said, our favorite saying is that we're bringing opportunity to the talent. And, uh, and, and mm-hmm. it's a very, it, it, and that feels very good, uh, you know, from, a, from just a getting aside from the business, just from a human perspective. Well, I, that, that's a real ringing endorsement when the, when the, when the vendor uses its own solutions. Um, you know, I, I can't think of a better, uh, a greater uh, proving point. Um, and yeah, uh, taking that compliance piece, just knocking it out of the equation for, for organizations so they can be agile where they need to be. Yeah. That's all about. Yeah. Well, thank you so much, Bob. This has been a real fascinating uh, conversation. You've helped me understand EORs better. Um, and, um, And thank you so much for joining us. Brent, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you for having me.